This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to TMZ Live, Harvey Levin here. Charles here. So um, I don't know if the words uh, trouble in paradise are necessarily the right way of putting it, but I think it's in the ballpark. It's um, definitely the right, right phrase. We are told um, from sources that are connected to Kyle Richards and Maurizio Omansky that she felt very disrespected uh, by seeing these photos surface of Maurizio and his dance partner, Emma Slater, from Dancing with the Stars, this is holding them, hands, walking out of a restaurant them leaving a sushi dinner, and uh, they are holding hands very clearly. We, photos of them going in, they're laughing, they're having a good time. That's one thing. It's the hand-holding on the way out that we're told really um, upset Kyle, and in particular, the explanation for why um, yeah, the, ex was holding the explanation, uh, Dan Rather used to have a phrase, uh, this dog don't hunt. So the explanation was they're sitting inside this fancy sushi joint called Maurizio Matthew and Isha. Emma. Maurizio and Emma. And um, Maurizio got so emotional talking about the upcoming dance, which they just had yesterday, where he talks about the most important year of his life, which is when he married Kyle, they had a baby, they moved into an apartment together. Right. So they did a modern dance that was supposed to be inspired by the best year of his life. On the good side, yes, the best year of his life was the year he married Kyle, is what he says. So why are you walking out holding hands holding with Emma? Holding hands with Emma. <laughs> why does that make you hold hands with Emma, is right. the question, which is some people are asking. And uh, uh, a fair can, question for Kyle to, to ask, I would imagine. You can easily read between the lines on that what, what some people think is going on here, that this may be more than just, Dance. you know, getting emotional over dancing. Right. And, and I, look, the, the sources we spoke to didn't mention the actual dance itself, but I got to think that doesn't help. And I know it's a TV show, but the way they ended this dance, which... Maurizio says was inspired by the year he married Kyle. I just sure he's think, thinking of Kyle right now. I just think <laughs> when this happened, if you're Kyle and you're watching, it feels bad. At the same point, though, haven't we kind of seen Kyle out and about with with uh, what's her name? Her her uh, Morgan Wade. Morgan Morgan, Morgan Wade. Wade. She's yeah. been out with her. She's been in her music video. We haven't seen the PDA or anything, but these stories have continued to circulate, and Kyle really hasn't come out and said, one way at or least another, in the right. beginning, one way or another, what was going on with her and Morgan. So it kind of felt like this thing's been falling apart for a while. And they hey. both acknowledged they were separated, but it is a little bit different. And honestly, I don't know what's going on between Kyle and Morgan. Right. But like Brett said, there's no real PDA that we've seen. There was here. And you know Kyle reacted negatively on this because she took down uh, a photo that she had supporting Maurizio and, and Emma uh, on Dancing with the Stars. Right. So you know that had... This is 
for, for every reaction, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Is that it? Something like Something that. Something like that. Well, there, physics. there is, that is the <laughs> physics um, response to what uh, holding hands as you walk out of Matsubisha. Yeah. Like you said, trouble in paradise. They're living together still. We know they're under the same roof. Uh, but that, so are... Uh, so are Croy Beerman and Kim Zolciak, which who we'll, we'll get, get to. into. Right. But um, they are, what we're told is it is basically amicable, but this is an issue, what happened here. This is an issue. And it does seem like, I will just say this, when they first, when we first found out that they were separated and it was so incredibly amicable and they went on vacations together as a family, it still felt at that point like, okay, I, they're going to work this out. Right. They're in a rough patch, and they're going to work it out. Doesn't right feel now quite it that doesn't, way, does it? No, it's not feeling at quite. all. Yo, I'm Daniel from Orange County. Daniel Jacona from Orange County. I think that um, they're allowed to do whatever they want, but it's it's weird that they're living under the same roof. I think all that Kyle is owed is a conversation, but I really think that Marisa needs to think about the children and everything that goes on when he moves like this. Yeah, you know, living under the same roof is an interesting thing, that sometimes if you no longer have, you know, the the, the, the expectation that you might get back together, um, and somebody- Then it becomes sticky. Well, no, it's the opposite. When, when you, you have no expectation, then it's okay. But when there are still feelings, and one person is leave, is perceived to be dating somebody else, like this, then right. uh, I, I, that's gonna be hard the to do The reason I said that it becomes stickier when there are no expectations of getting back together, then both parties may be out dating, seeing other people, but you still have to come home and see the person that you're... But if you, have no, if you don't have feelings anymore, it's sort of like, okay, you can do what you want to do. I don't think that's the case I don't here. buy that thing about no feelings. Nobody just turns off, suddenly they have no feelings. Yeah, but it could be, for some people, it brews for a long time, so you're just waiting for it to happen, and then all of a sudden it happens, and you're thinking, Who are we even talking about anymore? Uh, just hypothetical. <laughs> all, uh, hy all hypothetical. <laughs> okay, we're going to move on. Yes, to uh, a happier couple. Uh, that would be Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, and Travis acknowledging something about how this relationship is affecting his day-to-day uh, -day when he's at work uh, as an NFL superstar. Uh, so Travis and his brother Jason on their podcast were talking about some numbers that people brought up over the weekend. They noticed this during the Chiefs game. They actually pointed it out what his stats look like when Taylor is there. There is a dramatic difference. Is it really? In how I Travis Kelsey's that. performed on the field when Taylor's there and when she isn't, and uh, here are the numbers. Really? I did not know this. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're yeah. aware of this, but when... Hmm. T How Swift can I not be aware of this? Is at the game. You are averaging 99 yards. And when you are left with only your friends and uh, remaining family there, you are at 46.5 yards a game. It appears the Big Red is noticing it because he weighed in. <laughs> That's Andy's, right. Andy's, in his post-game press I love, conference. I love Coach Reed, man. What a guy. Kelsey keeps getting better with time. Um, um, Taylor can stay around all she wants. When you're getting Big Red's approval and blessings, you know you're doing something right. I cannot believe Wow. This it's, is the most almost public double. thing. I, but it's almost double. It's, I know we don't want to, we're not a sports show or anything, but we just got to talk about the stats. But I thought moment. he was a big star before. He is. He, he is. is. And it's not like he's having awful games. They're still winning. But for him personally, his 
No, but I thought, you know what? I, I don't. But here's what I'll here's what I'll say as a former star high school quarterback. So <laughs> oh, Lord. I can I can relate to Patrick Mahomes here. I think this is more. You guys are laughing. I don't know why. We're laughing <laughs> for a reason. Go ahead. Back up, back up, JV. Um, I, I think this is more. I think this is more Patrick Mahomes realizing that Taylor's in the building. And if you remember back to that very first game that Taylor went to, after the game, Patrick said that he felt pressure to get Travis a touchdown. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so I think that so it's, it's not, actually it's not the tra- It's not that Travis is playing better. It's, it's that Mahomes Patrick is, is feeling it that's my and throwing team. more to him. And he's looking for Travis Right, more. and he's looking for him more, and he's throwing well, him good, the ball that's because a good friend. there. That's a yeah, good friend. Yeah, it really is making him look good in front of his new girlfriend. So yeah, I, I think that's what it is. And I, I on it. Look, can I ask be, you? A, can I ask you a question, Matt, before we move on? Yeah. And I admittedly don't know a whole lot about football, but if that's, that's the game, if that's the game plan, and you're the opposing team. Don't you take that into account and maybe double-team Travis Harvey, when Taylor's there? People double-team Travis all the time. I, I, look, triple I, I team think him, then. Football coaches have been trying. <laughs> you can't triple team. They, you can triple-team him. Yeah, no, you right. can't because Why then there's going to be two other people you open. You can't stop him. But, but he's always going for Football tra- coaches like, have tried to stop Patrick like, Mahomes and Travis Kelsey for years. They can't do it. There's another like tight end that's running down the field, and it's like, you're not dating anybody famous, and then you throw it to Travis. So you triple him. X's and O's with Harvey Levin. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ms. YK. I'm in Macon, GA. And I feel that with the Travis and Taylor Swift situation, honestly, I think that he's really winning because, of course, you want to show up for your girlfriend. Your girlfriend there, you can't have her embarrassed. Then it's Taylor Swift at the end of the day. So you got to catch every play. Your number's got to be good, honey. You're going to be my man. That's how I feel. There really is some pressure. I mean, think about it. What, what if there's a Chiefs game on and they don't cut to Taylor? Then it becomes awkward. And I know football fans are tired of them cutting to Taylor, but if the game goes on and they never cut to her, that means that the, the ratings he's are not still, performing. The ratings on, on Sunday were huge the again. Ra- so they're but gonna, they are cutting gonna, to her. And they're they're going ki- to con- keep cutting to but her. But my point is they won't cut to her if he's not doing anything good. There's no reason to cut to him. So I have a question. Three people. You got, well, if Taylor okay. and Travis break up, who does it affect worse? Taylor, Travis, or Brittany Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely Brittany Mahomes. Definitely. The other two will be just fine. We have all seen the very uncomfortable, awkward videos where the police have to go into Kim Zolciak and Croy Bierman's house to settle their spats um, about who gets to go in which room and all of that. Well, a judge has now stepped in and this is nuts. I, I guess the, the hope is that the police won't have to be called now because the judge has basically drawn a line in their house and said, you stay in this part and you stay in this part. And can I just say, the judge has now made it inevitable the police are going to come. That the police are probably going to have to show up. Inevitable the police right. are going to so come now. So you, you know that they are selling the house. They've listed it. Uh, but for now, they are both living under the same roof. So the house is underwater, apparently. They've got so much th- and mortgages. So much debt, yeah. So if, if you use the water metaphor, so is she. Because she's living in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> Order me to the basement. But the thing is here, guys, is Croy is actually winning in this situation, in my opinion. Because according to new legal docs that we obtained, Croy is getting the master bedroom in this separation, if you will, of the house. Kim actually has to sleep in the basement slash the nanny quarters. So I'm sure she still has access to things like a bathroom and stuff. But wouldn't she, you'd want to be in the master over right. the, it sounds the like basement. It's, it sounds like it's a finished basement. She's not just going to sleep right. on concrete. That the, ma- that the nanny was there before. Right. But, um, but still, they've now drawn these dividing. I mean, if for anybody watching who is 
seen this movie, War, War of the, Roses. the Roses, where they literally drew a line down the middle of the house with Kathleen Turner and Michael Douglas, that's what it's starting to feel like here. And they're going to end up and on the chandelier, not, and they're going to end up swinging well. on the chandelier. <laughs> right. But seriously, I mean, this is what it's come to. And remember, he's filed for divorce, and she's acting like, eh, he'll drop the divorce again. In, in the court order, it actually says that they must, each party must obtain permission to enter the other this is party's not go section well. of the home. So, uh, you this know, is I don't know. Not. It, 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 Croy needs something out of the basement. He can't go down there unless she approves. Why aren't they she just can't selling go in this the house? Well, I mean, they've listed it, but you, we said this when they listed it. We knew that this was going to be a problem. Everyone knows it's been publicized so much, and we've done so many stories. Everyone knows how in debt they are. Why would you offer make retail? An offer? Right. It's going to go into foreclosure if you do nothing. Well. You make an offer to some. You make an offer that a maybe, really low ball offer. Yeah, and and either be, where they've got enough so they can take some equity out and split it, but right. not maybe a retail. And right. that's the way I would do it. And in these documents too, um, the court is saying that well, Croy is spending time with his kid with the kids. That Kim can't be eavesdropping on Croy's conversations oh, with the kids. Oh, my God. oh And my they God. also say that the kids can't be used as messengers. Um, well, that's a good between rule. them, which which makes total sense. By the way, obviously we know the house is on the market right now. I, I spoke to someone a couple minutes ago who's close to both of them, and I said, "Well, once they sell the house, what are they going to do? Like, are they going to each get their own place? Can they afford to get their own place?" And the person said to me, "I have no idea. It is hour to hour changing between the two of them, so it's still very all over the place in that house." Brandon Pipkin, Atlanta, Georgia. I think it's a terrible idea. You know, they stood in the vicinity of each other, and it's just a recipe for disaster. You got kids involved. I just think one of them needs to leave the house. The judge didn't thoroughly think this through. I mean, yeah, the problem is they can't afford to leave the house. Right. This is a mess. This is a mess. Uh, we are going to move on. Yes, uh, to Britney Spears and some really, really good news for her, um, which is good. Britney could use some good news, right? Uh, her memoir, uh, The Woman in Me, which came out this week, is doing gangbusters, as they say. Um, it is breaking records for uh, memoir sales, and this one is it racking up, what is it, 400? It's more than 400,000, which is a huge number. Um, actually, I just got off the phone with somebody before I came up here. Mm -hmm. They're going to print another 900,000 uh, hard copies of this. Now, will they sell them? We don't know, but the 400,000 is big. Not as big as Prince Harry for the first week. I think that was 1.3 million, but this has only been out for a day or two. She is going to make 25% uh, of the net profits um, from the books. And now remember, that, that money is against the advance she advance, got. Right. The advance she got, we found out there's been, there have been reports it was 15 million. We found out it's not 15. She got 12.5 million as an advance. So the money that she's making with this 25%, you, you add it up, and once it reaches 12.5 million, she's even then, there, and then everything, and then everything else after. she gets. Um, and then the question is, how much is this book going to sell? Yeah, you guys, and she even posted online thanking her fans. Like, she is thrilled about all the attention she is getting. She said, my book is the highest-selling celebrity memoir in history, and it's only day one, which, by the way, you guys, book came out yesterday. I have already finished it. It was totally worth the $18 and whatever change. 
I mean, it is so juicy and a lot of people are reading the book and kind of making it like an interactive experience where, you know, the parts where she talks about maybe one more time and filming the music video, then you go to your computer, you pull up the music video and then she talks about the, the VMA performance and the snake hissing at her. Then you go back on your computer you couldn't and you pull see, up the VMA experience. Which you couldn't see flip. on the VMAs. So again, this is her version and then what the rest of us saw. So the criticism of the book, Charlie, and since you read it, is she t she does not take accountability for anything in terms of what she did, that she's blaming everybody else per pretty much for everything. I have not read it. You have your take. I think she's explaining her feelings. Taking accountability, that's one thing, but she's just explaining what was going through her head during those times. Like, for example, um, at one point she admits that she was a raging nightmare when she was pregnant when um, her and Kevin were having their house built. And she even said like, oh, God bless those construction workers because, you know, I wanted the floor to be marble and I wanted the house to be perfect. And she admits that she was kind of like in a bad mood, but then explains that she felt like she had postpartum depression. So yes, you could look at it like, oh, she wasn't taking accountability. But I look at it as like, now we're knowing what she was really going through like during some of these right. crazy times. Um, by the way, the book is gaining a lot of interest from people I think outside of my generation. Like even my aunt like wrote me last night and she was like, hey, can I get that book? I'm seeing it all over. People are talking about it. She wasn't even a fan, but she like wants to read it. So I think it's like reaching outside of just millennials. Although I was told by somebody connected to all of this that Britney fans typically will jump on whatever she does immediately. Right. So when the Will I Am song came out, for example, it instantly went to number one because every all of her fans immediately bought it, and then the next then week it, it went off. way down. Right. And so they same thing. By the way, we say the same thing happened with Taylor Swift's movie that it had a huge first right. week and then it dropped. It's off. It's a similar but, thing. Yeah. Um, so the question now is now that all the big hardcore fans have bought it, what's going to happen for the next few days, and we'll see. Hi, I'm Amina from Cliffwood, New Jersey, and I just feel like Brittany deserves all of this success. I'm so happy for her. The book, I feel like it can help you understand her more. You know, she's been through so much. She's such an icon and she's accomplished so much. And it's um, so interesting to know, like, the backstory behind everything that she's been through. Yeah, she's going to make a lot of money off of this if it keeps going. Yes, she is. We are going to take a break. All right, when we come back, Mark Zuckerberg and Meta have a huge legal battle on their hands. Again, this time, 42 states have filed a lawsuit against Meta uh, for damaging, harming teenagers uh, across the country. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be joined by the Attorney General in Tennessee who is spearheading this effort. Uh, and he's gonna tell us why they feel that Meta and all their products, their apps, are so damaging to kids. If there is a mental health crisis, and most uh, people in the medical field will tell you there is a mental health crisis for our teenagers. For sure. Across the country. Um, the, they're pointing the finger or at least 42 states are now pointing the finger at Meta and Facebook and Instagram, all of Meta's products. Um, there are 42 states that have now filed a lawsuit against Meta for causing uh, this mental health crisis, damaging uh, America's youth. And they say that it is not just something that is happening um, by accident. They feel that Meta has intentionally designed features within their apps that hooks teenagers and creates all sorts of damaging effects for them. So this, uh, as we say, 42 states have filed this, and 
Uh, the attorney general for Tennessee is among them. In fact, at their news conference, he was the one uh, who made the announcement. Um, and so we have with us now Attorney General Jonathan Scrimetti. Uh, attorney General, welcome to TMZ. Thanks so much for having me. We so appreciate it. Why don't you explain what these harmful effects are um, that are addictive um, that drove you and 41 other attorneys general to um, make this move? Sure. So you look at Instagram or really any of the social media apps, we're, we're looking at the whole industry, but we're starting with Meta here. And every piece of the app is designed to make it hard to stop using. You're talking about an incredibly sophisticated company with really smart people looking at the fundamentals of human neuroscience. And they're figuring out how to get people's brains to release dopamine in a way that makes it hard to stop. Every little decision about the, the design of the app infinite scrolling, uh, the reminders that pop up trying to get people to log back in, creating different devices to give people the fear of missing out. I mean, all sorts of these psychological strategies are built into the design in a way that's intended to make it hard to quit. And they know that it makes it hard to quit. They Their own internal research showed that people knew that using this was bad for them, that they were using it too much, but that they weren't able, using their own willpower, to slow it down or stop. It exploits this vulnerability, and the company did that very, very well. Attorney General, I'm wondering, there are 42 states that have joined in on this. How did it, how did you all come together? Who sort of started this? Um, it's just a, a remarkable number of attorneys general to be uh, on board with this. How did, uh, how did you all come together? So it was a couple of years ago, and uh, the Social Dilemma documentary had come out, a few people saw that. A few people had been concerned about issues with social media, just having seen kids and having seen people use it too much uh, to, to a negative extent. And people, you know, we get together from time to time and the AGs started talking and realized everybody was concerned about this, started digging a little bit more and the whistleblowers started coming out. And there have been a significant number of people who worked in Meta who said, hey, we really don't like what this product is doing. We joined the company to change the world for the better, and we think that what's happening is making everybody worse off. If you look at the mental health statistics, it's hard to argue with that. It is, but I know you're saying that Facebook and others um, are addicting and pulling people in, but I think there might be an argument, and I, I'm just wondering how this plays in, especially when you're dealing with kids. Isn't parental responsibility doesn't, in a way, doesn't that trump uh, a product, which, you know, every product wants you to use it more and more and more. I mean, on television, we tease things so people will stay to the next segment. And so it doesn't mean that it's an inherently dangerous product. It just means that when used excessively, it becomes that. But what about parental liability, a parental responsibility and all of that? Parents have a role to play here, and it's important. But if you look at the research that Facebook it's, or that Meta itself conducted, it shows that they knew that their product was causing harm to people. So it's not just a matter of speculating that, you know, if used wrong, this could be a problem. The, the design choices that they made to get people to use the product more were hurting the people using the product. Uh, and they knew exactly how. Uh, it's causing sleep deprivation, it's causing ADD issues, anxiety, depression, uh, potentially leading to suicidality. 
So, uh, you know, parents need to be careful about what their kids are doing. But when you have a product that's designed to circumvent the brain's ability to regulate its use, uh, whether that's a drug, whether that's uh, something that's psychologically manipulative, you know, people sometimes need help. And sometimes the government needs to step in to make sure that there are checks uh, on the ability of companies to take advantage of people's vulnerabilities. As you were talking, I was just thinking about this. If you win this, um, and and um, and the courts side with with you, um, there is a bigger principle here, which has to do with kind of hooking um, vulnerable people. Why couldn't something like that, if you win, next be applied to alcohol? That in many ways that is the most dangerous, um, damaging thing in our society right now, where people get addicted to alcohol. Wouldn't that same principle apply with that? Well, if you look at alcohol or drugs, there's already a lot of regulation out there. And so there are efforts made to, to offset the addictive nature. Uh, here, you know, potentially, if regulation came along, that could make this suit unnecessary. But we haven't seen that, and it doesn't look like that's going to happen anytime soon. And in the meantime, there's a lot of damage being done. Yeah, I think it's really important that there be bright lines drawn and that you don't see government officials able to just run around going after whatever they don't like. But here you have a very specific design that's causing very specific harm uh, to a very, very vulnerable population. And under circumstances like that, we have to be able to act. All right. It's really interesting. It's be very and, interesting. And, and amazing, by the way, by the way that 40, in, 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 a, in a country this divided, that you could get 42 out of the 50 attorneys general is, um, kudos to you yeah. that you were able to bring people together. Yeah, it's me and Phil Weiser in Colorado are the two that have co-chaired it. But, you know, all these states, people who disagree about everything, and that's so easy to do these days, you know, just all recognize that this is a real problem for kids and this is a, a unique situation that needs everyone working together. We so appreciate the time. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, taking a break. All right. When we come back, Jorn Vandersloot's confession about Natalie Holloway, it is not sitting well with at least one member of her family who isn't buying some of what Joran said in court. When we come back, Natalie Holloway's brother issues a warning to Joran Vandersloot. Welcome back to TMZ Live. Uh, earlier this week, we heard Natalie, Natalie Holloway's mother, actually it was last week, I'm right, uh, Natalie Holloway's mother. Oh, it was last week. Yeah, saying that, um, that the case is now closed and they finally have peace because he's confessed. Jorn Vandersloot confessed, gave up some very grisly details about how exactly he killed Natalie in Aruba back in 2005, was it? It was 18 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you would think that, that it sounded like the family was at rest, that they were at peace now with what had happened we, because he had spoken up. We should just say he has not been prosecuted for her death. Right. He is now in prison for another murder of another in woman. Peru. But um, this was to give the family closure. And they also, they did, they did charge him for extortion, extortion. and wire fraud. Right. Uh, and he got a 20-year sentence for that. But that 20-year sentence will be served concurrently with the sentence he's serving uh, in Peru. He's going to get out of prison at a fairly young age. Um, well, we spoke to Natalie Holloway's brother. Um, and Matt Holloway says... There are some things that were said in court that he is not buying, and he has a very stern warning for Vandersloot. I was a correctional officer maybe about 15 years ago. We oversaw 400 inmates, 
everybody who goes to prison finds religion. I don't believe him one bit. Somebody that that kills two people with his bare hands that does never find God. He told the truth about Natalie for himself. The one thing he didn't think of was me. I'm going to whoop his ass when he thinks he's a free man. So that's the guarantee. I don't mind saying that in public. I don't care if I get in trouble for it. That's what's going to happen. That's what, you know, there's not a jury in the world that that's going to put me in jail for that. I got to say, you can understand you how he feels the way he feels. Understand. Yeah, to totally, because he gets out uh, June uh, 2045, so he's only going to be 57, so obviously he's still going to be walking, you know, out of <laughs> Peru, and allegedly Matt's going to be there to see him, which is definitely pretty interesting, for sure. Yeah, and I think the point he made, which is, you know, look, he killed Natalie Holloway, mm -hmm. um, which is horrendous, especially the way he did it with a cinder block, and he did it just because she wouldn't be with him, but he killed another woman, too. Right, and when you and kill, that's the thing that we were talking about this yesterday. Devin and I were saying, like, the fact that he, for you know, as what it's been uh, almost twenty years, that he got away with the death of Natalie Holloway, right, which he did, but then goes on to kill another woman else. Like, this is a sick, right, monstrous human being to do something like that, and, and you can understand, you understand why that. he yes. is this enraged that one day your Vanders is going to be walking free. I'm Diana from Brentwood in the Bay Area of California. Um, I totally get what uh, Matt was saying. I feel for anyone who loses a family member, especially the way they lost Natalie. But I'm going to hope that they surround themselves, the family surrounds themselves with people who can support them um, and just kind of restrain themselves because you know, if anything did ever happen in the future, then the family would lose another family member, and that's not right. So prayers going out to the Holloway family. Yeah, I mean, so. because there will never be full closure. So Matt, well, Matt wasn't only mad just at, at Vandersloot, because when I was interviewing, he was also really extremely upset with the Aruban government. Mm. Obviously felt like they completely dropped the ball. And there's been some stories now that they're possibly uh, going to be looking back into charging him with something. And Matt Matt thinks that they absolutely have to, to at least charge him with something, whether that be lying to cops and not for the murder. But but he, he wants them to step up. Yeah, I mean, I, I get him feeling that way because he definitely played the Aruban authorities for fools. For sure. Yeah. Uh, we're going to move on. Yes, to Paris Hilton and her defense of her son. We told you that she had posted this photo of, uh, of her little baby boy, Phoenix. Cute photo. And then got a lot of hate. A lot of trolls online who were saying, making comments about Phoenix's head, saying that it's too big. He's a well, really cute baby. Very cute baby. Well, Paris... Uh, had more to say about this, and she's talking about how it's actually impacting her day-to-day -day life. She says, living life in the spotlight, comments are inevitable, but targeting my child, or anyone else's for that matter, is unacceptable. This hurts my heart more deeply than words can describe. If I don't post my baby, people assume I'm not a great mother. And if I do post him, there are some people who are cruel and hateful. I want to say something about this. And I literally, I, I was talking to somebody today on the phone. It's a celebrity who was upset about comments made mm -hmm. about something the, on social media. And I told this person, and we've talked about this many times, yeah. don't read, read the, the comments. comments. They are always going to be negative. Yep. Um, it's one of the reasons we took the comments off of uh, the TMZ.com website. Yeah. Because 
Look, there are always, what always there are seven thousand people um, that just live in their basement and just write crap about people all day long. And whatever you say, they're going to do that. I don't know that they're all in the basement, but I, I get your the point of your. It doesn't represent. America. It's, 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 it's easier said than done. It's a very relatable comment because your children, you want to do nothing but protect them. She was putting it out in a celebratory way. She loves her son. Phoenix is adorable. And the gross elements of the internet come out and say these things, and it's hard to ignore. I know what you mean by uh, don't look at the comments, but they really, really stand out. Hey, this is Legend based out of Columbus, Ohio. Um, first of all, I agree with Paris. Like, you just don't talk about anybody's kids, whether they're celebrities or not. And I mean, everybody got big heads. Everybody had big heads growing <laughs> up. I had family members who had a big head. And the thing is, you don't know there's something wrong. I mean, we did the same thing with Chad, Chadwick Boseman when we was talking about him being skinny, and we wanted to find out he had cancer right, and he passed right, away. Yeah, no, you're right. That's a great right. point. That's another reason just to keep your mouth shut. Okay. So Chris Pratt, uh, my favorite story of the day. Yes, uh, and I know why it's your favorite story of the day. Uh, but Chris Pratt has sparked a bit of a debate about your childhood trophies, and the reason this came up for him uh, is because it turns out Maria Shriver has been holding on to every single award, trophy, blue ribbon. Uh, that Katherine Schwarzenegger Pratt. But we're not talking about like her winning an Emmy for something or, no, you know, getting childhood. Like what she was two. There are trophies when she most, was two. Most improved swimmer, swimmer. at two. <laughs> uh, she has all of them and they broke them out recently. Katherine took some photos with them. And Chris's point in bringing this up was he, he, he actually uh, thanked Maria Shriver for holding on to all of them. And he said it was a nice moment where... And then he brought, you know, a, then he brought a hefty bag in. <laughs> He's like, all right, now let's get these things out of here. He, he didn't actually do that, but he asked the question, now that we've looked at them, we've taken some photos with them, how long do you need to keep these things? Can we just get rid of them? Forever you keep them. I'm trying to see what the poll is. Oh, oh Mr. High School. Can we put a poll up on the website? It's 75% you keep them. So three out of four people say you should keep them. I, I can't even believe that this was a topic. I was shocked when uh, when we posted the story. I ha And I'm older than Catherine. If I go to my childhood bedroom in Jersey, I have all of my many, many trophies up there. Like, uh -huh. many can we get a Can we trophies. get a photo of those many, many trophies? Yes. Can you have your mom just take I a photo right now? I am going to text my mom right now. I, I literally I do. I have so, I have so Wait, many. Can I, can, I, can I ask you a more fundamental mm. question? Yeah. Your mom kept your high school bedroom intact? <laughs> It's a bit of a shrine. Weird? I mean, <laughs> why? No one else. There's no one. You know, there's no one else. She turned yeah, it into a den It's the or same something. exact way. Like I still got things hidden under the mattress. Oh I mean, it's God. it's yeah, like don't tell her to go under there. Don't tell her to go under there. But everybody does run into this at some point. Where you, can I can I tell you? you run into memorabilia. What I, do you do? I, I got a storage locker. Okay. I know you. You have all of your. Well, no, but what I'm saying is. That, uh, yeah, I dumped everything in the storage locker. I, but you still have it, though. But I never go to that storage locker. But the locker. point is you still have it. But I never look at it. So why do I but have it? But you're acting... Right, exactly. So you're you're in the 75%. You're part of those people who no, say, no, no, keep no. everything. I'm just lazy that I don't want to go through and start throwing that crap. Give me the key. No, but I, I'm, really, key. I'm really serious. If Believe you, me. If you take never, it all out. If you never look at the stuff, and I'm not saying you don't keep like the real memorable stuff, but if you don't, if you keep everything and then you just throw it in a storage locker, what's the point? Here's the easier way. You don't have to deal with this. Just don't overachieve as a child. Oh, what a good, 
Just see, just kind of be middling. We yeah. don't have to. We have answers. There you go. My name is Nelson from Amish Country, Pennsylvania. Listen, I have a six-year-old daughter myself. I, if you win like a state championship or something, I'll keep the trophy. And but if it's just some, you won a spelling bee in in third grade. Right. That's exactly Those the gotta point. Those got to go. Those got to go. That is exactly you the know, point. You know, he raises a good point. I did win a spelling bee in third, fourth, and fifth grade. We didn't get any trophies, though. I'll tell you who there did were, win a spelling bee, there Charles. Were no, can yeah. I just say? There's uh, definitely no spelling bee trophy <laughs> okay. in your story. One of you has won a spelling bee. Not a single one. one. <laughs> I, I'm a t I, I actually wasn't a spelling bee, okay? Oh, you, you were did, out real quick. Did not win. But <laughs> Did you I'm, yell to Charles? Charles, how do you spell? By the way, by the way. You're one to talk. Your bedroom is intact from high school. I would not go out on a limb here, bud. <laughs> Janelle Evans from Teen Mom is livid at the police and the investigation that led to her husband, David Eason, being charged with child abuse. Now, the alleged abuse is against her son and David's stepson, Jace, who we've told you recently in the last few months has run away. Yeah, I think three times mm -hmm. uh, he ran away. But in the, after this investigation, police said they found enough evidence, hit him with a misdemeanor charge of child abuse. Janelle says this investigation was crooked from the beginning. I think what hurts me the most is that my own parent would do this to me. My own parent caused this whole storm, storm. It just hurts because I would never treat my children that way. And I don't care what any y'all say, I would never treat my children that way. And I have broke my generational curse. I know I have. And I know that I will treat my children with love and respect. And I will, if they need my help, I will give them my help without making them feel like a burden. So in that video you see, it sounds like Janelle's referencing her mother, Barbara, who previously had custody of Jace. But in the meantime, and for the past several months now, Jace has been in custody of David and Janelle. And in this response, I feel like Janelle's deflecting a little bit and trying to victimize herself because things could take a turn for her as well in that law enforcement sources are telling us that while David's been charged, the door's still open for Janelle to be charged as well. And there's apparently video showing this assault on uh, Jace. What exactly is that, Jacob? Because what we always heard of was the kid running away. What's the abuse part of it? There is apparently a video that was taken that has been, uh, that shows an assault on Jace that has made its way to Child Protective Services and to law enforcement as well. Maybe the assault is connected to like when they found him or something, when they, or I think I, I think home. I think what Jacob just said is probably it. They got that video, and if the video shows that he did something physical with the kid, and I don't know. Uh, one of the, by the way, one of Janelle's complaints is that they the police never interviewed her or David, but I, I don't know. I mean, when they're talking it about it, sounds like they're abuse. relying on the video. Yeah. Hi, it's Bethesda from New York. This case is a little complex because I've watched Danielle and David from Team Mom, and he's always seemed to be an abuser. And if this young man is, has run away three times, where there's smoke, there's fire. I'd ask the other kids what's going on. Yeah, I mean, they've said, yeah. well, kids are kids. But yeah, running away three times, no problem. Uh, what else do you guys want to talk about? Hi, I'm Catherine Vaughn from Memphis, Tennessee, and I'm to talk Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey like every other middle-aged white woman I'm kind of obsessed <laughs> with this. Um, 
I'm sure she's upped the revenue for the NFL more than any single human in American history. And people like myself that don't care about football at all are turning in for the very first time. Well, hold on. To, are, are, are you really watch watching the? Win. Are you watching the game? Or are you just like? Are you for learning Taylor? more about the yeah. game? The outfits are fun. I want to watch if Taylor's <laughs> just boyfriend. Wins. Okay, you answered. Thanks. Appreciate it. And by the way, <laughs> the NFL is fine with that. Right. I think the NFL is totally fine. They with want that. eyeballs. Yeah. One more. Hello, Tim Susi from the great state of New Hampshire. Britney Spears is America's sweetheart. She has been since she came on to the music scene. I think 25% on the book that she's making is an awesome deal for her. And I think she's not only rejuvenating her career, but she's also giving us more stuff that we actually want to know more about. Fair. All right. Okay. So Emily Ratajkowski is over in Paris. Um, I'm not sure exactly why. Actually, she's doing God's work. I can see why she's there because she's got um, got a new guy, or at least they went. She went on a date with a, a French actor named Stéphane Bach, and uh, they stepped outside the restaurant to have a smoke and a smoke. And no, they were smoking. Yeah, what are you talking <laughs> about? Smoking. By the way, they're both holding as they're Jeez. devouring each other. Jeez. They both have a glass of wine, which they are holding onto. He's also holding on to something else. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this is crazy. I don't know how much of this was they're doing it for show. They, their photos, they knew the cameras were there. You think they're doing this for show? Well, I mean, I think there's other. So they're sitting too. in the restaurant saying, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go out and we'll do go something. outside and give them We're going to punk the camera people out there. I don't know if they're punking anybody, but I'm sure they're enjoying it. Everybody wins. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>